Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Wednesday, July 15th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's how we're making you smarter today. Small businesses are being decimated by the pandemic. And the Trump administration does a rare backtrack on foreign student visa restrictions. But first, don't just test people for the coronavirus. Test buildings. That's today's One Big Thing. We've been talking so much about testing people for the virus. But what about testing buildings? If you test a building, it's sort of like an early warning sign. If you detect some coronavirus in the building, well, then you know that the people who were in there recently might have been exposed. You can test a whole bunch of people and actually maybe even get a head start on an outbreak. Joanne Muller covers transportation and industry for Axios from Detroit. She's been looking into research on the West Coast of places that are doing real-time tests on buildings. So this company called uh, Viral Tech, and they were working with the University of Oregon. So they had 18 of these centers that were tested. And in one case, they had been testing every week. They had no detection of coronavirus at all. And then in the third week, suddenly they found it. And they found it by swabbing the air ducts, which is sort of alarming because it could be spreading from room to room and around the whole facility. Then they could go and test all the people and see whether any of them had coronavirus. And it turned out four or five people actually were positive but had no symptoms. And so they isolated those folks, and within five days, they started developing symptoms. So the CEO of that nursing home told me, we got a five-day head start on this outbreak, which could have been so much worse. But because we detected it in the building before we detected it in the people, we were able to head that off. So, Joanne, what are the real-world implications for this for thinking about people going back into offices or people sharing building space? Well, if you think about what's going on now in the Sunbelt states in Florida and Texas, it's hot down there. And a lot of people are going indoors and they're in air-conditioned bars. And that's where we're seeing a lot of outbreaks. And so one of the things we need to do is think about testing a lot of buildings, doing some deep cleaning, And people aren't going to feel safe unless they know that they're not going to be infected by the coronavirus coming in through the air ducts. And so that's leading to some really interesting innovations in the office space for thinking about what our cubicle life might look like. So they've actually designed a cubicle, sort of a personal clean air pod. Inside of this desk, there's actually this super plant. It's a fern called Ezola. And apparently it generates a lot of oxygen and can process the carbon dioxide quickly. And so it lives inside the desk on these trays, kind of like cookie trays, and you can slide them in and out. But the idea is that with a little extra ultraviolet light under the desk, these plants will pump out wonderful, clean, fresh air that will then be funneled up the side of the cubicle right to your mouth. And so you will be breathing only your own personal air and not the air of the person in the cubicle next to you. This is literally a microenvironment. Exactly. Yeah. You're like in your own little bubble. Joanne, maybe we'll be getting those at Axios (laughs) before we go back into the office. I hope so. (laughs) Joanne Muller covers transportation and industry for Axios. We'll be back in 15 seconds with the existential threat to small businesses.
welcome back to Axios Today. Small businesses are fighting to survive in this pandemic. The payroll protection program, their only lifeline, was recently extended to allow businesses to apply until August 8th. But is it enough? Small businesses are not surviving. They're getting crushed, while big business, with more cash and more resources, are thriving. Our markets editor, Deanna Bowen, looked at the threats small businesses are facing. Just a reminder, it's pretty complicated, but according to the federal government, a small business officially doesn't have to be that small. It can even have as many as 1,500 employees. So we've got a situation that's a bit like the story of the ant and the grasshopper. Listen, grasshopper, if you don't prepare for winter now, you're going to starve. The problem is for small businesses, it's not that they were going out playing and having a lot of fun, it's just that there wasn't food to be put away. So over the past couple years, big companies have been really building up these war chests of cash for the expected recession. We're talking trillions of dollars. Small businesses have basically just been getting by, trying to make it from one week to the next. Then the pandemic hit and small businesses had no cushion. To make it worse, when the first round of the payroll protection program rolled out, a lot of small businesses didn't know how to apply or didn't have a relationship with a bank that could help them. And so the businesses in states that needed this money the most simply didn't get it. There's an important disclosure I need to make here about my news organization. Axios did receive a PPP loan, but decided to return it. It hasn't gone to places like Nevada that depend a lot on tourism, Black-owned businesses that are disproportionately in the restaurant and hospitality sector missed out on PPP, as well as some of those minority-owned, women-owned, immigrant-owned businesses that have been the worst hit and who could really use some help. So the business landscape could shift dramatically. That means in this survival of the fittest, the bigger companies sitting on more cash or that have more access to capital are poised to pounce. They're really looking to either buy out some of their competition or really just wait for some of these companies to go under so they can, you know, step in and either fill the void or try to take market share from them as they're struggling to scale and stay in business. The big picture here is important. Small businesses make up about half of the American economy. Without them, millions of people are out of work and the economy stays stagnant. Axios Insider is a sneak peek into our newsroom. One of our co-founders, Mike Allen, is here with me now. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Nyla. Mike, the Trump administration said any foreign student studying at a university in the U.S. could get kicked out of the country if classes weren't held on campus. But yesterday, the administration did an abrupt about face and changed its mind. And I thought, Mike, I should point out everyone who has come out against this. 20 different state attorneys general, Harvard, MIT, 200 universities, tech companies. Yeah, Nyla, usually the Trump administration would say, we love that opposition. Game on. This administration very often will pursue cases in court, even though it looks like they're going to lose. But Nyla, in this case, you had all of higher ed in an uproar. You had thousands of international students who are at risk of being deported, hundreds of universities scrambling to figure out what to do. And what these opponents said in court was that this really jeopardized student safety because it was encouraging universities to hold in-person classes regardless of the public safety risk. Mike, as you said, the president normally loves a challenge like this. Why the rare walk back here? 
Yeah, Nyla, usually picking a fight with universities would be very on brand for Trump and his campaign. I talked to a bunch of people about this. It sounds like the lawyers just told them they were going to get their heads handed to them in court. One Democrat told me they keep losing on these arbitrary, capricious standards because they're arbitrary and capricious. Mike Allen, thank you for giving us the inside scoop as always. Nyla, have the best day. Before we leave today, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like some things are never going to get back to normal. That's why I was so excited to see some semblance of that here. From Rockefeller Center in the heart of New York City, it's The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. On Monday night, Jimmy Fallon became the first late night host to get back into the studio. I'm here to show you that there is a light at the end of the tunnel if we all do our part to keep each other safe. The show looks a little different. There's no audience, and guests will be streaming from their homes. But one thing is still the same. Hopefully we can put a smile on your face and let you sit back and relax while we try to bring you just a little bit of normal. That's it for us today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com or reach out to me on Twitter at Nyla Boodoo. If you want more news before tomorrow, tune into our afternoon podcast recap. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.